Mm-hmm. Let's, let's let's lock in these noise canceling headphones so I can't hear anything from the outside world mm-hmm. anymore. And I can only hear you and see your robot face. You know, if you if you die in noise canceling headphones, you die in real life. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> but that's that's what I aspire to. <laughs> is to be jacked in and just completely uh, mm. jack out. Jack out is let's, that? A- let's keep let's keep it right there. Let's not. Yeah, yeah. Let's put that <laughs> let's case closed on that one. All right. Anything fun happen in the world of F one this this past week, Johnny? Are you are I, I meant to look up like stats on Singapore because I just got nothing really that. So, so you know, yeah, coming into uh, and you know maybe maybe clear by the fact that and I'm sure you'll you'll edit out at least. 14 of the preceding 15 minutes of total nonsense that we've been talking (laughs) about almost as if we're avoiding talking about F1. Uh, The I today I was like, Oh yeah, we're recording later. Mm -hmm. I don't think I know of anything that happened this week. Let me go digging around. And there was still like, there's still almost, almost nothing happening. Um, So let's There's, intro. Let's intro can, the podcast. Let's intro the podcast. Let's, yes, and then yeah, just, yeah, and just, yeah. I've done a great. I've done a great actually, job of selling it so far. <laughs> this is going to be a riveting episode. Yes. Everybody, buckle up. Welcome to the F1 Files, folks. This is our Formula One podcast and just really casual wandering conversation uh, in and around the tangential world of Formula One. Uh, Like we said, not a whole lot happened, um, but we are going to talk about it. I am a host, one of them. My name is Corey Willis. I'm a writer, actor, improviser out here in Los Angeles, California. And I'm John Lapore, creative consultant, designing the future for film, technology, and automotive, holding it down on the East Coast. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. This episode, we should talk mm-hmm. a little bit about some anticipation for the Singapore Grand Prix. Um, yeah. For some reason, the Singapore Grand Prix still feels like a new thing to me, even though it's been around for, uh, I don't know, for, like 15 years at this point. Yeah, something it's, like it's that. more this than 10 years the 15th at this point. Year? I, don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, okay, I always I, get a little we, excited I, about, about I could that. look this yeah. stuff up. I've got my phone out like I'm about to look it up. I'm not going to look it up. I'm just going to put my no, phone down. No, keep it organic. In the moment. Keep it organic. Yeah, People in the moment. Yeah. The, yeah, the, our, our 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 listeners don't want to hear us just read Wikipedia pages. They want to hear us stumble over over our own uh, yeah. factual inaccuracies <laughs> and, and whatnot. That's what that's what they tune yeah. in for. Um, yep. All right. So outside of outside of Singapore anticipation, um, there's something that we brought up briefly last week uh, mm-hmm. that we didn't get really into, which was Mercedes contract extensions. Yes. Um, Yes. So we've got that there. And I think we're starting to see most of the musical chairs get locked up Mm -hmm. with not a lot of wiggle room out there. Um, The other thing that I've seen just casual discussion around this week has been the only other silly season like element to be aware of is this new Audi team showing up on the block. Yes. Technically not a new team, uh, more our Alfa Romeo team rebranding into Audi, Mm -hmm. but what implications may come with that? Maybe, maybe we can just start there for a moment. Yeah. Um, There has been discussion that because of this Audi commitment, not just being as much of like, tear off the Alfa Romeo sticker and slap an Audi sticker on uh, being a much more thorough involvement in the team. Yes. That uh, apparently Audi is themselves particular in being involved in some of the driver selection choices. Mm -hmm. Um, Some early murmurs have been floating around that there's been some talks with Nico Hulkenberg 
mm-hmm. uh, particularly just around German brand wants German driver. Yeah. Not yeah. too, not too surprising there. Um, the other, the other component that seems to be popping up is that Zhou Guan Yu seems to be the most uncertain yeah. about his future with yeah. the Alfa Romeo soon to be Audi team. And yeah. that, yeah, it does, it does feel a little bit like, uh, they may not, he, he may not be, you know, part of that team deep into Audi's uh, rule over it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, some, some even comments from Joe himself stating that he's getting a little anxious because he's looking around and he's not seeing too many other open slots or, yeah. or spaces, which is, which sucks. He's cause He's a good driver. He is a good driver. Um, but there is, and this is kind of that, like, uh, uh, from what I understand, this is like a thing that happens with Chinese athletes specifically, is if they do not begin to win, um, not just like place well or earn some points, but if they're not becoming like actual winners, then the brands that back them, which are often propped up not propped up but often like backed by the chinese government uh and chinese financial institutions that they start to go like "Mm, we don't want to back this person if they're not a winner because like we want our like our our nationalism is kind of tied to like the athletes that we sponsor which is i think that it's unfortunate but it's justified like it it's I think if if they if you've got government money, then you really need to be doing your government proud. And Joe just hasn't shown up in uh, even in these like kind of like races that got a little bobbled, and maybe some like winners showed up uh, that you didn't expect to win. Um, not that that has happened in the past year and a half, but previous to that, like. You know, it's unfair because he was a rookie when he first kind of showed up and didn't really have many opportunities mm-hmm. to to capitalize on uh, Max and Lewis's, uh, you know, their rivalry, which sometimes saw people like Esteban Ocon win a race or Daniel Ricciardo or Pierre Gasly. Yeah. So, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. But, I mean, it is Audi. And now we're talking about another like germ a, a country backed brand like one with fierce national identity that they're trying to preserve and they want to get not just like not a not german that's a terrible that's terrible syntax but like they it's not that they want to get someone who isn't german it's that they're like oh if someone is winning then maybe we'll be on board but like joe isn't winning Valtteri's not winning, quite frankly. And mm-hmm. Valtteri's personality is only going to, you know, it's going to carry him so far. But, and Hulkenberg isn't necessarily a winner, but he is a German, right? With like yeah. a solid track record of yep. performing very well uh, and outperforming, you know, his equipment. So, yep. yeah, it's, it's tricky. It's a tricky thing. What do you, who else do you think could make it into that, that seat there, Johnny? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I think, I think there's a good chance that they at least start just carrying over, you know, pretty much everything from the Alfa Romeo team. You know, it's like a fully furnished, uh, apartment that Audi will be moving into. And then Audi might just start like picking off one by one, you know, individual items and team members and engineers and whatnot and, and replacing them. That's very Um, true. The other piece that I haven't heard anything about in a while that I'm really hankering to get an update on is the Andretti Cadillac situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, To me, that could really shake things up that could basically just be like there's two 
brand new in box, never before used seats. Yep. Yep. To be thrown out there. Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't know who would end up in those seats uh, or who could potentially end up in those seats. Um, I do know that they are, I guess, like within the next couple of weeks, maybe even at like the Singapore Grand Prix, there will be an announcement that Andretti has been accepted, like their bid has been accepted by the FIA. Right. We're we're supposed to get some formal thing and, Mm -hmm. you know, and they've, you know, and they'll they'll keep doing whatever they're doing with their duct tape over their mouths but yes. uh yes. we'll get some formal report as to like who's being considered or who's made a formal entry yeah um, yeah and then then we'll watch i guess the teams band together and collude in not letting anyone join the sport so this is i mean this is how boring this past week was when it comes to F1 and F1 news. Uh, I started to do a little bit like not, I didn't do the research, but I started like listening to some of these podcasts and like watching a couple of videos uh, where people are talking about the fact that there are some laws that have been basically like written into uh, some of the, um, I think some of like the countries that are within Europe that you can't like refuse people. Um, It's like equity laws or something like that. Like it's something very deep and regulatory based where basically it's just like, oh yeah, if there are new people who can show up, you can't just for just for the sake of being greedy. Um, you can't just go like, hey, you're not allowed to come and play with us in our sandbox. Like the sandbox is too small. It's like, no, no, you got to let them in the sandbox. Um, and I, I think that that is maybe to Andretti's advantage if they can kind of like get into the weeds legally and just basically be like, no, no, you have to let us in. Your boss has said we can come in. You guys don't get to make the choice anymore. So. Yeah, and I mean we've we've touched on this before. I just can't get over the fact that like there's a scenario where the te- it could just be solely up to the teams and they could band yeah. together and be like, yeah, no, we don't want any more competition, no matter what. Um, yep. You know, and yep. Um, I like the I like the thought that in Europe they've enacted a law because you know if you're new in town and you would like a job at the local grocery store. And the grocery store denies you the job, but then you say, no, 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 I'm willing to cough up the $200 million for grocery store management to divvy up amongst themselves as stated in the, you know, in the documentation. And now you must give me a job here at the grocery store. Um, I would like like to see that used to, uh, to their advantage. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Um, I mean, we will see. We'll see. It's also uh, Cadillac is like a pedigree brand, but I don't know. I mean, Toyota is a really good racing brand. Honda is a really good racing brand and they're not good at, they were not good at making F1 engines like right from the jump. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's going to, it's a real, it's a crapshoot. I mean, truly, Cadillac could show up with like an engine that is just so incredible. Uh, and they could end up with, you know, people who are working on the chassis, who are Adrian Newey esque, uh, you know, genius. But it could also be a huge dud. I mean, they, th- this could be an even bigger dud than Audi. Audi actually previously tried to design an F1 engine and had one like kind of like, um, you know, not built, but like they were working towards it. Yeah. Cadillac now, I don't know. I, I don't believe Cadillac is jumping straight into engine production, right? Cause they're starting their, their intention was to, 
let's see. Oh no, sorry. I'm mixing it up with, I'm, I, I'm completely with forgetting about Ford. the Ford involvement with Red Bull. With which Red Bull. Yeah. Soon. yeah. Um, but uh, my understanding, if I'm not mistaken, Cadillac is like, it's sort of a sticker deal. Okay. But, uh, so, you know, so they would sticker, go for like you know, a Renault or something like that. Which, I think so. I, I think there would be, there could but, be some silliness. Like that. Johnny, I mean, I, I, I would like to see them get a, you know, uh, somehow figure out a way to get like a, a 1980s LS one Corvette engine, yeah. uh, you know, uh, screaming at, of 18,000 RPM yes. as somehow a, uh, a formula one power plant. And just like, you know, in true American style, just be like, yeah, no, this is, this is ancient tech, but we're just going to use a whole mm-hmm. lot of it. Mm-hmm. And that'll be our, our technique. It's like the, uh, the, the, the Ripley duct taping the flamethrower and pulse rifle yes. together, uh, yeah. in order to combat the alien xenomorph. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah, that and would if, be. And if you have an '80s Corvette, <laughs> you're very familiar with duct tape. That's, yes. Uh, oh, very much so. That GM. Is, that is for sure. Is definitely they were right alongside with like NASA developing duct tape. They were like, "Hey, when you guys are done with that, can we use it for literally everything?" Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Does gasoline eat away at the adhesive? No? Great. No? Okay. Awesome. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Just making sure. Um Yeah, well we'll we'll see what Cadillac can do or whatever Andretti ends up doing. Uh we'll we'll see what they go with. But I don't have a ton of faith because I think one of now that I thinking about it, it Renault may have been one of the like engine manufacturers that they were going to utilize and Renault like quite literally this year has like lodged complaints with the FIA to be like our engines are down on power can you make everybody yeah. else not work so good and it's like no yeah. no we're not going to do that Renault sorry you don't we're not that's not how this works so ugh, we'll see we'll see maybe they're doomed for failure or maybe they're going to show up as a mid-pack brand i don't know um high tech is the other company that is up right now their bid is being considered so we'll see what that looks like um and that's like another racing pedigree that will just basically kind of frankenstein together uh a chassis i don't know whose parts they'll use assuming I'm assuming that Aston Martin with their new facility is going like, Hey, if anybody wants to be a customer of ours, we would happily sell our like tech to you. Um, yeah. Especially with homeboy. Who's like the former Red Bull, um, uh, like chief of design under Adrian Newey going to them as their aerodynamicist. I'm sure people would yeah. like to use them as like, uh, you know, as their dealer. <laughs> guess i guess is what you would call it mm-hmm. um what else happened this uh this past week i have i have one one thing but what do you got well Johnny? the the only other piece is this uh contract extension for both mm-hmm. mercedes drivers right yeah and so this is uh we've got at least another year with mm-hmm. Lewis and George. Um, I'm curious as to like, I don't know. I feel like at this point with Hamilton, the contract stuff like doesn't even matter anymore. And I, and I no. feel like they've even in the past been like several races into a season without having even like resolved that season's contract and whatnot. And they're just sort of like rolling yeah. forward with it. Um, you know, uh, so I don't, I don't think it's going to be a, a big, uh, a big impact on, uh, you know, his performance or confidence or anything like that. But I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to, uh, to see if there's any other, you know, layers to that sort of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what is it? There's something about, um, 
I guess, uh, let me see here. Let me make sure this is, this is accurate. Well, all right. This is coming from Uh-oh. a, a British tabloid, Ooh. but the rumors are that Hamilton's new contract will uh and sorry i said it was uh, a year extension it is a two-year a two extension year. yeah yeah for 50.5 million per year Oof. putting him at 100 mil which uh they're speculating is the single largest contract uh highest earning athlete of all time Sort of thing, um, surpassing Tom Brady. I'm surprised that this is that that's all it took, but uh, I yeah, don't, but hey, yeah, I mean, that's well, uh, I guess, yeah, 50 million dollars a year is, and that's again, these are just like his contract with AMG Mercedes, right? Like, it's not his contract with any of his sponsors with any of like the any of the people who he is like partners with right like um i know that tommy hilfiger is like a title sponsor of right mercedes but yeah. there's definitely also like a i'm sure like a brand ambassadorship that lewis has with them that has like him earning a ton of money through that all the oh, watches sure. that you know all, all all the different things that he does um which this and I, more often than not, I'm like, you know, pro athletes like really need to like, uh, it, it's a, it's a nuanced topic, uh, but pro athletes, a lot of them earn a lot of money and a lot of them get a lot of disrespect because either there's like a misconception of how much money that they actually take home from those contracts uh, or how much money they actually like earn at all period right like you hear that like 100 million dollar contract with hamilton for two years and it's like whoa that's just a ridiculous amount of money he has to ride around in a car for a couple hours you know a few times uh a month like that seems ridiculous and it's like well there's a lot more that goes into that and then additionally hamilton basically like funds his own initiatives to try to diversify the sport Mm -hmm. from like the ground level up, like not just being like, there need to be more black drivers on the grid, but being like, Hey, I am going to be unrelenting and talking about why it's important to diversify because I'm just going to throw out the statistics once a year that it's like less than 1% black and Brown people, uh, in F1 and it's just like that's unacceptable it's unacceptable and the number of women are even less than that the number of like trans and like LGBTQ people are even less than that like it's just like such a ridiculous it's it's ridiculous and he does such a good job of spotlighting that and just dumping yeah I'm sure tens of millions of dollars into funding programs so that people can start their journey at like school age and not just go like, I want to change careers at 40 years old and start in the world of F1. It's like, no, no, you need to create programs. And like they do, they do like nice little puff pieces every once in a while showing like kids coming to the factory and stuff like that. But there's so much more that specifically he does and that other pro athletes do in order to like, lift up their communities and lift up the idea of like diversity and inclusion. And I think that that kind of gets lost in the, like just when we throw out figures, like a hundred million dollars. Not that that's what you were doing, John, but just like, uh, I feel like that's an easy thing to overlook that. Yeah. A lot of that money's not going to Lewis. A lot of that's going into helping other people. And so uh, there's been a lot of speculation around this, even coming mm-hmm. from uh, David Coulthard, that mm. this co- the biggest the biggest points of friction on these contract negotiations were all in on how much time Hamilton could have to himself, or basically not have, or how much could he dwindle down his PR yeah. and marketing 
um, you know, requirements for the team. Yeah. Which that's a huge, you know, that is a huge part of it when you are one of these, when you're buying a big old sticker on one of these cars, it's because you're going to have access and events and dinners and things where you're engaging mm-hmm. with everyone on the team, particularly the drivers. And it sounds like he's been sort of peddling out of that, um, yeah. which is presumably also to further a lot of his own, you know, I'm sure also just to give himself some general bandwidth as a human being, but also so that he can sink more time into the initiatives that he's been applying a lot of his resources and energy towards. So, um, yeah. You know, I mean, if if nothing else, uh, this contract extension says he's not going to disappear in the next two years. Mm-hmm. I think it also, if I was to read into it a little more, I would say that it says that they're still not going to have a chance in, you know, 2024. And so no. maybe 2025 could be the year that they've, yeah. you know built towards and that final year before the regulations, you know, go upside down once again yep. is the chance for for them to have caught up and he can, you know, finally check off his uh ninth ninth championship. Yes, his ninth, yes. Uh <laughs> yes. Such a pointed yes, ninth championship. Um uh that's that feels like a very, it feels like a good calculation um, on his part, and then this does have a bunch of other effects. These his contract, and this is like kind of cool, but also not cool. That one person's contract, one person's choice, can set about this like chain reaction of other people scrambling to make choices. We saw it when uh, Sebastian uh, pulled pulled the cord and was like, Hey, I'm retiring after this year. Uh, and yeah. then Fernando was like, Hey, I'm going to go take his seat. And then that just set off like all this wildness, uh, that we don't need to really go into. Um, cause we've talked about it a whole lot before, but this is something that Lewis potentially having a chance to win in maybe 2025, probably not. So 2026, he'll probably sign like a one plus one deal. So like he'll he'll be in there for at least one year and then he'll have the option to renegotiate probably at the same rate for the following year. And if mm-hmm. that happens in 2026 and the regulations have changed and Mercedes is dominant and or at least competitive with the number one running team, uh, whoever that may end up being, probably going to be Red Bull, but it might not be. It might be someone else. Um, So if he has a chance to win that championship and then he does kind of the same thing at that point, that's this has this knock-on effect of like Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz still haven't signed, re-signed for Ferrari yet. Neither of them have re-signed, even though they're probably, they're going to do it. They're just kind of negotiating. I I don't see any other... Yeah, they're Avenue not going anywhere. For, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Lando Norris is locked in. He's he's completely locked in. But now that Lewis is signing this two year deal, it coincides with Lando Norris when he finishes his next contract, when he finishes his long term contract with McLaren. So immediately it sets this thing into motion where it's like, if Lewis does win in twenty twenty five, and Norris wants to go to a competitive team that is not Red Bull because I don't think Norris is going to go to Red Bull, John. I don't think that we're going to see that happen. Um, it will upset too much at that team. And I don't think that Norris wants to be put up against Max Verstappen as a teammate. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I think he wants to be in a competitive car and I think he wants to be fighting him for races, but I don't think that he wants to. I don't, I don't think he wants to be in the same garage with Max Verstappen. I just don't. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm completely wrong, but I just don't see that happening. Um, so there's a chance that we see Norris go to Mercedes, right? Um, there's a chance that we see Norris go to Andretti 
or high tech, right? When they show up, when the new regulations uh, uh, show up. So it's like, who, mm-hmm. who knows? Who knows what could happen? And it is all kind of put in motion because Lewis was like, yep, I'm in for two more years. And yep. the regu- I'm ending my contract at the end of this series of regulations, which everyone's like, so you're, so you're not going to like walk away if you haven't won a championship, right? Like that's just not, mm-hmm. yeah, there's just no way. So, um, so, so there, I, I said, I had one thing. I have several things. The first Ooh. thing Ooh. is the cost cap. The cost cap has been, we can put that to bed. Everyone is fine. The lawyers have come back and said, everybody's fine. No one violated the cost cap this time around. So we're all in the just clear. wanted to make sure everyone was paying attention. Yeah. Every, yeah. Just wanted to make I sure that like, yes, you know, the, the, the exam still happened, but everyone passed. Keep, um, them, keep them on notice. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is, is great. I think that that's very, very good. Um, there's also I can't help but have this idea that and I'm also like uh, scrambling because Mercedes isn't performing. Um, but the only two teams that violated the cost cap were Aston Martin and Red Bull. And like Aston Martin had like an astronomical like rise over the past season. Yeah, they have Fernando mm-hmm. Alonso. But wow, oh wow, have they done incredible uh, considering where they were last year. They were like sixth last year, and now they're, they, they're vying for second in the championship. Uh, so I know a lot of people are like, it's not about the cost cap. It's not about that. It is a little bit about that because the two teams that violated it are also now showing the most dominant progress if you look at the progress reports. So mm-hmm. let's just be honest about that. Yeah, sure, the engineering is important. Sure, the drivers are important. Sure, the team itself is important, all that. But it doesn't hurt to have a few hundred thousand extra dollars laying around. Um, so yeah. because what's the cost of like a new front wing? Like $275,000 or something like that. Uh, which brings me to my next thing which is the new technical directive for the flexi wing. They are now that comes into effect at Singapore. Um, So there is this kind of idea that the wings will like deflect a little bit and will change their shape as they enter the corner versus when they are like slipping into a straightaway. Uh, Mm. And now that is like being reined in. I, I don't know precisely what measures they're using to like figure out if someone is violating this. But I do know that that is a thing that is like maybe like a little like toe in the water to see if they can affect Red Bull's performance by like changing the way the air moves around their front wing. Maybe they can Mm -hmm. offset some of these like crushing dominant (laughs) wins. Um, But who knows? Um, and then the last thing is Felipe Massa has moved forward with his lawsuit. Oh, Felipe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Felipe, baby. Come on. Yeah. This is, this is like just nothing but this is just yeah. pain. This is just yeah. like opening up an old wound. Yeah, I uh, if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, we've discussed this before. Uh, I don't know, a few months back, Bernie Bernie Ecclestone, I believe, mm-hmm. was the mm-hmm. agent of chaos that just threw out there like, "Hey, if I was Felipe Massa, I would take the sport to court for mm-hmm. not winning the championship in 2008." And I forget even what the what was the technicality that they that he was trying to like. What what's Felipe's angle on this? So 
it was it's the it's Crashgate. It's the whole idea. Oh, of, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's the Crashgate. So the, somebody cheated, changed the results of one of the races, which yeah. changed the amount of points that Felipe would have gotten when he lost the championship to yes. Lewis Hamilton by like one or two points. Um, also yeah. worth noting, uh, in the Singapore race of that year, mm-hmm. Felipe Massa uh, drove away from the pits while they were still refueling the car, ripping the yeah. fuel hose out of the yeah. wall, putting everyone on the entire pit lane yeah. in extreme danger, <laughs> and took himself out of yeah. that race yeah. completely. Yeah. yeah. No one, yeah, no, no one, no one told like the lollipop was still down. He just drove away. Like it wasn't like the the pit crew was like, oh no, he's fine. He was just really excited to get back out there and. I mean, like you know, yeah. I guess I got to kind of give it to Bernie to be yeah. able to like just be able to you know sit on yeah. the toilet and have a thought. <laughs> throw it out there into the world and have it like rain ultimate chaos yep. in a poor little Brazilian man's life, which is yep. now what this is going to happen. Nothing's going to come of this Felipe. You are not going to get a championship retroactively no. awarded to you from 15 years ago. Yeah. It's going to be a gross thing that people remember you for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'll never be able to erase the video footage of your brother and father in the Ferrari pit yeah. celebrating you winning yes. the world championship, like looking at the camera, pumping their fists, going berserk. And then a, a, a you know member of the team walks over, whispers in one of their ears <laughs> and you yeah. see their yeah. faces, just their their beautiful, jubilant rosy cheeked Brazilian faces just melt right off onto the floor as they realize like, Oh no, it's not the best outcome. It is the worst outcome. Yep. And, uh, that, that, that video is going to, even if you were somehow able to scrub that from the internet and all records throughout the world, it lives on in my mind. Crystal clear. Scrubbing it from this internet, baby. It's not happening. I've got it. I've got it playing up here in 4K, and that thing was originally broadcast only in SD, baby. I know, I it know. Is, and it's yeah. it's so vivid in my mind. I got my oh. hands on the broadcast. Uh, I got in there and uh, and made sure that I I captured yeah. the whole thing um, yep. in full resolution. I've got, I've got it all. I've oh. got the raw footage. I've got the Snyder Cut edition uh-huh, of that. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's. Oh, it's spectacular. I'm God. Gonna, sorry, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pull that up just to Yeah, it's it's to... it is so delightful. Oh. Um, so all right, so I said that that was the last thing. It's not the last thing. The last thing that I want to talk about, the last thing that I want to say, um, is uh, a big old fuck you to Doctor Helmet Ooh. Marco. Uh, Helmet Marco being wait, what for? What for? Because I think like there's at least multiple things oh, I could. God. Uh, he's oy. he's he's said so many things. He's done so many things so wrong so frequently uh over the past couple of weeks that it's just like whoa i can't handle all the dumb things that are falling out of your mouth so he criticized sergio perez uh and compared his work ethic uh to sebastian vettel and max verstappen and said well you know he's south american so like of course he's not going to oh. have the same work ethic which is like ignorance is One of the most amazing things ever because ignorance knows no bound, Um, especially when it comes from an old Austrian man. Uh, And this guy, uh, he he's calling Sergio Perez South American. He's Mexican. He's not like Mexico is categorically not in South America. Like you, I would even say that it is in North America. Like it's barely in Central America. Uh, So 
all by oh. itself. Right there, it's just like a oh, dude, you're so bad. And people were like, well, yeah, it was like a, a translation. Maybe like it was like a, a you know a bad translation, or maybe people like messed it up or whatever. And then Helmet Marco comes back out, comes back out with an apology, John. The apology was, you know, it's just wrong. I should not have used those terms to, like, describe him um, using someone's heritage or nationality to, like, explain why they are lesser than is just wrong. And I just, I shouldn't have done that. I was just saying that he's, like, not as, like, like and it's like, dude, just shut up. Just shut up. If I'm not mistaken, the follow-up included that uh, he's just turned, but you got to understand, he's just turned 30, and yeah. he's got, like, another kid on the way and and whatnot. And so he just found, like, new ways to transcend all degrees of ignorance. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's, it's, just, uh, he's just so terrible. He's so terrible. Uh, and I, I read, uh, Scott Mitchell Malm, uh, posted something on, uh, the race.com, uh, about this. And it's, it is always like, it's always confused me why they keep him around. And basically the reason they keep him around is because he is a paid consultant for the parent company, Red Bull, not Red Bull racing, but like, Dieter Matrischitz, that was his yeah. like buddy yeah, yeah, yeah. who he hired as an outside consultant. And so we have this situation where like Dietrich passed away and his buddy who he hired as a consultant for like the parent team is specifically consulting on F1 and Red Bull Racing cannot go like, hey, Helmet, stop talking about like stop talking about F1. He's he ha they have as much power yeah. over him as they have over us. Like it's that but that dude has access to their pit. Like he's that not just the paddock but like their actual pits. He could be in the pit lane overseeing a, a pit stop if he wanted to. Um so it just uh, there's oh, no. We're yeah, we're, yeah. We are never going to hear the end. And so, all this is so he, depressing. Yeah, and he's another person who they just pay. They just go like, "Hey, let's put a quarter in old racist grandpa and see what he says." Like, it'll get a rise out yeah. of somebody. And that's basically yeah. what happens is they just put a microphone in front of him. And he's like, hey, does anyone want to talk to me about like F1? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, well, you're like Helmet Marco. You know a lot. You're like, yeah. And he just stirs the pot. And Sergio has like said this. He's like, oh, he's like, you know, he's he just he just says stuff to say stuff. He's not like this is not what he really believes. He's just trying to like gin up, you know, publicity for us or whatever. Like this is not after this most recent statement, but previously, this is what Sergio has said when he has said other racist things about Sergio. Like he was like, Oh, I guess Sergio was drinking a little bit too much tequila when he like, didn't have a good race weekend. Yeah. Like it's like, yeah. Um, it's you awful. would, you would think that this is just like, he's helmet Marcos at like, you know, He's at this incredibly advanced late stage of his life. Like they say that like in the moments before you fall into the grip of death, that to calm you, like your mm -hmm. body releases a, a completely natural form of DMT yep. and you yep. have like the most vivid hallucination, you know, that can be experienced, which is why everybody, you know, has these similar like, you know, near death, you know, going through the tunnel and whatever and like a sort of like sense of euphoria and calm mm -hmm. sweeps over you and he just is liberated to just like run his mouth but he's been in this state for like you know close to a decade now at and, least uh, yeah he's I always wonder, looked like, I wonder if the human in. body can like you know unlock that much yeah hallucinatory racism yeah <laughs> at all, yeah at all times uh that's uh 
like, you gotta it's run gotta out of gas fire. eventually, right, yeah. bud? But I, I guess no. I guess no. And journalists oh. are going to continue to interview him. That's the thing is that it's like, yeah. well, you know what'll get me clicks? It's, you know what'll get us circulation? Yeah. In this market, in this market, sure. Yeah. yeah. Why, like, yeah everyone's gonna, you're, you're right. Everyone's just going to keep winding him up. Yeah. It's hard uh, no, to cool. imagine that that's fine. not going to happen. Everything's, yeah. Everything's fine. It's totally cool. The world's yeah. all right. Yeah. Everything's wonderful. Oh my, wonderful, oh wonderful. My God. Um, oh my but hey, it is race week. Jesus. We do have Singapore coming up. We've got Singapore coming yes. up. Yes. Like this is this is like a um uh, this is like a, a combination of like uh like just general F one racing with like Akira uh, uh notes of Tron. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's everything yep. that we love, John. So like it's yep. it is. It is going to be R- rooftop swimming pools. Rooftop yes. yeah. swimming pools that are built like Noah's Ark. I mean, come on, yeah. folks. It's it's going to be. This is going to be one of the most beautiful uh, experiences, and just the camera angles that they always have because it's a street race. So like everything is like really quick whip pans. And, so oh, I want I want I'm everyone like, to look out for when you're watching the race. Usually the race director mm-hmm. picks out moments like these um, because under these conditions, because it's street lights, mm-hmm. the drivers aren't wearing uh, heavily tinted visors on their helmets. Yeah. Yep. And there's a few corners and they'll replay slow motion footage where the light actually enters into the helmet and you can see the driver's eyes as they're going through one of these corners. And to me, that's just like, that's a, that's such a special thing. And I'm still yeah. to this day frustrated that, you know, the, the broadcast wizards at formula one haven't figured out a better way for us to like really see or get a glimpse of the driver's eyes or just that hint of like emotion that comes through uh, mm-hmm. while they're piloting their, you know, their, their fighter jets uh, millimeters off the ground. If, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it is the last chicane before the start finish straight where they get this like perfect angle. Cause like you see them like ripping through this first part of the chicane and it's at like Mm. pretty high speeds. Um, and that, and then you see them like spot the apex of like the next chicane. Like it's so dope. I love it so much, John. Um, yeah, yeah. Keep, please, folks, keep an eye out for that. Um, I certainly will be. I'll probably be like pausing it uh, and watching people's eyes like dart from side mm-hmm. to side. Oh, it's so cool, so cool. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, I I can't say that the stock went up too much this week. But I do feel like the stock kind of did go a little bit up um, because it is Singapore, because Singapore is showing up, because it's going to, it's such a big race that people have been like, uh, at least we two people have been like excited about this race and yeah. really looking forward to it. So um, I think, that's what I think the like. stock has taken a, a natural rest, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and and I'm excited to see some some beautiful Akira esque Singapore action. Yeah, this upcoming oh, weekend. It is really really Let's do just it. So cool! It's so cool. Uh, and also, uh, I believe that Liberty, like the the folks who run F1, kind of came out and openly were like, uh, "Yeah, so um, yeah." I mean, it's great that like. We we did kind of tell everyone to 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 shift their shift their tone on this whole thing with Max and tried to get everyone yeah, to yeah, yeah, be yeah. on board with how how incredible the greatness and like the excellence and the yep. supremacy that we're witnessing. And it's like, yeah, no, yeah. we all heard every broadcaster, like it was as if they were handed a three by five index card from like the producer. Yep. To like say the exact thing of like, and you just have to stand back and respect this. We will all yeah. look back, and it's like God get those talking points. 
we can all smell them a mile mm-hmm. away and none of us are feeling that right now and maybe don't mention that right now because it just reignites our hatred for the fact that we're just watching one team absolutely dominate the year after we were like, hey, I think the new regulations work. I think these cars are actually a little bit competitive. Oh, one car's actually really good. Hmm. Uh, maybe it's just an anomaly. I bet I bet everyone else will catch up next year. Not happening. Hey, don't remind us of that. Please don't remind us of that. So I did say the stock was kind of going up. Maybe it's not going up. Maybe it is just kind of like bu- bubbling, like lightly simmering, you know? It's not like the warm setting in the oven. It's not even mm-hmm. it's not even heat. You could like reach in there and grab the pan if you wanted to. But it is you could tell it's on. You could tell it's on. Uh all right, Johnny. Where can the folks track you down out there in the world or online? Uh you could find me anytime via my home base, johnnymotion.com. Corey, where can the folks find you? They can find me online at Burn Corey Burn on all the social media stuff and also the F1 Files and the F1 Files pod on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I think that, that that'll do. We've talked a whole lot about absolutely nothing happening this week, but of course we had a lot to say. And they can catch up with us when we have a lot to say next week, just like we'll catch up with them. Cause, Oh boy. Yeah, John, we do got a lot to say and we're going to have a lot to say after that Singapore Grand Prix, but yeah, catch up with us the next time on these F1 files. It's all about uh, these last few corners. Now we're expecting Massa anytime. Now he comes through to claim his sixth victory of the season. He has done everything he needed to do. And we wait now to find out who will be the world champion of 2008. Can Hamilton do anything? And uh, that's, is that clock? Is that clock going slowly? It is, it's clock. Oh my goodness me. Hamilton's back in position again. A million, a hundred thousand local hearts sink in the grandstands. It's handed the place back to Hamilton. He comes through and if I'm absolutely right, I'm sure that he is going to claim fifth place, which is all he needs to do to become the 2008 Formula One world champion, Lewis Hamilton. And you will... Well, the, the Ferrari boys are celebrating. They, they both think they, they both won, think but Ferrari, Ferrari, are Ferrari are wrong. They're absolutely no, wrong. wrong. Hamilton's guys. finished Look. fifth. And Lewis, the father, has just realized that he celebrated a little bit too early. <laughs> oh, Felipe. Oh, oh. Felipe. That was amazing.